Psalm 34. I know it is a favorite uh, of uh, most of you. It's one of Kathy's and my absolute favorites. So this morning, I want to begin a new series. Not so far, not so sure how far it's going to stretch, but it's called Atmosphere of Praise. Atmosphere of Praise. And the first installment in this series, I've entitled The Battleground, because I am confident today that many Christians are unaware of where the battleground really is in life. And so I have one job this morning, to let you know where the battleground is, for you to stand to fight and to obtain the victories in Jesus' name that the Lord has appointed to you. And Psalm 34, 1, uh, 1 through 4 is about as good a place as any as, that I know of to start. And it says, and you've often heard when we were around the altar praying and everything, I get going, this always comes out of my mouth. I will bless the Lord. At all times, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Let me just pause for a moment and say that during our little altar response to this message this morning, we may have some, we may have some habits to reform because maybe not all of us have blessed the Lord at all times. Maybe his praise hasn't always been in our mouth. So we may want to break that bad habit and let today be the moment that we start the new habit, the Psalm 34 habit. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. My soul will make her boast in the Lord and the humble will hear thereof and be glad. Now, that really spoke to me because when my soul boasts in the Lord, apparently I'm doing it in a very vocal way because the humble, the broken, those that need themselves to have relief and healing, they hear it out of my mouth. They, they hear me praising God. The humble hear as my soul is boasting in the Lord. Glory to God. And I love this next part. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. You notice that, that, um, that reaching out. People that praise God are always reaching out to get others to join them. When you're a praiser of God, you're always saying, come on, let's praise the Lord. Now, some people don't like to be, come on, let's praise the Lord. You know, they see it as a very, very uh, you know, private thing. They don't like to be coaxed or anything. But... Um, the, the praiser of God says, let's magnify the Lord together. Let's do this thing together. For I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Now I know today a lot of people don't like the atmosphere that we're living in. You don't have to live under the atmosphere. You can change the atmosphere. In fact, you can control the atmosphere. In fact, you're called to dominate the atmosphere, not to be dominated or to have to live under the atmosphere. And this psalm is all about creating an environment of blessing by filling your atmosphere with the praises of God. There's a scripture out of the prophet Zechariah that brings a stunning 
um, example of what I'm trying to say. Zechariah chapter 10 and verse 1, the prophet says, Ask the Lord for rain in the season of the latter rain. That's a reference to the end times, even though in the day that he spoke it, the people heard in the springtime or in the late spring rains. But listen prophetically to what he is saying. Ask the Lord for rain in the season of the latter rain, in the end times. And so the Lord will make storm clouds, and he will give everyone showers of rain and green growth in the field. That is a direct reference to God pouring out abundance of blessing so that his people will prosper in his purposes. In that prophetic word, God's blessing, they rain from clouds. That was pretty impressive because I think most of us visualize when God blesses us, him sitting on a great throne and beside him is a big wooden treasure chest covered with gold. And he reaches in and gets something and just tosses it out or tells the angels, go dispatch this to, to Chris, to Giselle, to Cindy, to Jim, you know, whatever. But that's not what... That's not what he shows us in Zechariah. In Zechariah, the Lord has these rain clouds that are full with lightning and thundering. And when it's time to bless you, the Lord makes these clouds over you and then they rain the blessings on you. I thought that was fascinating because if you know anything about clouds, you know that the rain that they rain down on you is actually the result of the condensation that evaporated and rose up from you to form those clouds. So exactly what God is saying is that he forms his clouds of blessings from the concentration of praise and prayer that fills the atmosphere over your area. Did you catch that? When it comes time to bless you, he says, give me some praise. When it comes time to pour out, to send a big cloud of, of blessing and to rain so that your field will be green and so that your, your needs will be met, God says, send up, send up the vapors. Send up the praise. Send up the prayers. And the Lord said, I will make the clouds the distribution centers of my blessings. Glory to God. I don't know about you, but that, that made me happy. That blessed me. Because that means I get to be involved in my own blessing. I can do something about my need for God's blessing. I want to give you just a little, um, uh, I don't know what you call it, formula, for lack of a better term. Atmosphere controls environment. If you're not happy with your environment, the way to change environment on the face of the earth is through the atmosphere. Atmosphere controls environment. Think about it. The world's atmosphere is either controlled by the celebration of sin or by the praises of God. When you drive into a town, you go to the home of a family, you walk into a church, a business, Step onto the campus of a school or enter a courtroom in America. Turn on the television. The thing that you notice 
before you even hear everything that's being said or see everything that's being done is you notice atmosphere. You sense it. Some communities and cities, just as you're approaching, you feel the tightness, the tension, the conflict, the darkness. Sometimes when you enter a place, enter a household, you can feel the relaxation, the peace, the joy. It's called atmosphere. And that atmosphere is not arbitrary. And it's not atmosphere that God has said, this is the way I want the atmosphere to hang over clear water. But it is the result of what is arising from the people that live here. So the world's atmosphere is either controlled by the celebration of sin or by the praises of God. Think about it. God uses our praises to control the atmosphere and affect the environment of individuals and communities. Praise determines the outcome of conditions, struggles, and captivities. If there are conditions, if there are struggles, if there's a captivity that you want to be free from or you're praying and you'd like to see others free from or conditioned that you want to see changed, God uses praise to determine the outcome of those conditions. Atmosphere controls environment. There are some phenomenal examples of this throughout the entire scripture. I'll grab just a couple of them that you're familiar with. And that was when the confederated armies of the enemies came and invaded Israel and had King Jehoshaphat and his people scared to death they were about to be annihilated. But Jehoshaphat, the prophet of God, sought the Lord. And they waited on God and they praised him and they heard from the Lord. And the Lord said, I will fight for you tomorrow when you go out against the enemy. He said, but this is what you're going to have to do. This is, the, this is the winning strategy, God said. Send the praisers out. Send the singers out, the musicians, before the infantry. Send them out and let them go forth singing, bless the Lord, his mercy endures forever. Now they're they're marching into the marble jaws of death, <laughs> singing, praise the Lord, his mercy endures forever. What are they doing? They're setting the atmosphere. The Bible says before they ever got there, God did something. I don't know what you call it, but the, the, those three armies just turned on one another in a in a moment of insanity, and they wiped all each other out. When the appraisers and the military got there, their job wasn't to fight. Their job was to collect all the goods and the food and the, you know, all the stuff that was left on the ground. Took them, what, two, three days, I think. There's tremendous examples in the Bible that atmosphere controls environment. Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas were captives they were arrested. They were in the, the jail in Philippi. But at midnight, the Bible says, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises to God, and the prisoners heard them. See, the prisoners aren't going to hear you. The humble are not going to hear and be glad if, well, I'm singing in my mind. God knows what I'm singing. <laughs> I'm singing on the inside. And, and, God, and that's great to sing on the inside, praise the Lord. But the humble aren't going to hear and be glad. And uh, the atmosphere in the Philippian jail and the prisoners are not going to hear. 
unless you're singing loud enough for them. Now, they must have been really belting it out because <clears throat> if you could picture, they were down in the hold of that jail, and there were probably several rooms, and they filled the place with the praises of God. God created atmosphere through their praise. And the Bible says that the jail shook. Now, I've, I've heard preachers get fancy and say, the angels got so excited they started dancing and they stomped and created an earthquake and shook the jail. I don't know what God did, but I do know this. It was a result of the atmosphere. It was a result of them dominating. They took control of the atmosphere. They took control of the atmosphere. Let me share with you one you probably don't think about in, in this context. But Ephesians 5.2 says, And walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. Have you ever thought about, what does that mean? Jesus offered himself up to God for us, to be a fragrant aroma. I believe that a fragrant aroma conditions the atmosphere. A fragrant aroma changes the atmosphere. When you walk into an old stale place, you can tell it's old and stale because it smells old and stale. But a place that has a fragrant aroma, it just ev evokes all kinds of pleasant feelings and, uh, you know, that, that it's uplifting. Well, the Bible says that Jesus was offered up as a fragrant aroma. Now, I don't think that things get stale in heaven. I don't think it stinks around the throne room of God or I don't think there's any need for air freshener in heaven. But there is in the atmosphere of the world. Why is Jesus a fragrant aroma? He's a fragrant aroma so that you can praise him out loud and air, air freshen the atmosphere around you, around your home, wherever you're at. Praise the Lord. So Jesus is, is God basically giving you praise that really works on the air. Hallelujah. You know, from the very beginning of when God began to call a people out of the earth to himself and work with them and move on their behalf, the first thing he did was he ordered them to take control of their atmosphere and to fill it with nonstop praise. Think about it. From the tabernacle to the temple, right on through history, every time God organized people, the first thing they were told to do was to create a center of praise and worship and all activities would revolve around it. And that center, the job of that center was to send up continual praise. And God moved in the midst of his people because continual praise was filling the atmosphere. Hallelujah. So God builds his work around praise. Let me tell you, you could build a fabulous temple, but when the praising stops, the power of God stops. God stops moving. When the praises are going up, the band comes in, the singers take their position, but the power of God's so strong, the atmosphere knocks them over. Hallelujah. 
the tabernacle in the wilderness I mentioned, the temple. I'll tell you another location was the garden, the garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus was arrested and within hours would be offered up as the Lamb of God crucified. If ever there were a place where the atmosphere needed to be charged with the power of God, that place was it because Satan was coming. He was coming with his plan. And the whole time God was using him. The devil really is not as smart as you think he is. He's pretty ignorant. And God always has a plan to use the devil's plan and turn it around on him. But where those two meet, God's people need to be offering up praise, filling and taking control of the atmosphere. How did that happen in the garden? Jesus grabbed his three closest friends. He said, come with me. He said, wait here. And what did he say? Pray. Now, there was no such thing as prayer without praise. So when you hear prayer, don't think they weren't praising God. Because all prayer, even prayer in times of trouble, is built on praise. Declaring the fatherhood of God. Declaring the supremacy of the Lord. Declaring His victory. Declaring His sovereignty and His, and, uh, his, his blessing. And so Jesus says, you three guys stay here and I want you to start filling the atmosphere. And Jesus goes on and he falls on his face and Lord, you know his prayer. Now even though he is saying, I would that this cup pass from me, nevertheless not my will but yours, he's praising the Father. In yielding to him and declaring God's purpose and sovereign choice, he's praising God. And so what does Jesus do? Jesus is concerned that, that the power of his presence needs to be in that place. And so he stops in the middle of his prayer. He goes back to see if these guys are working. And instead they're sleeping. And, he's, and he does that three times. He returns to them three times to get them to fill the atmosphere. I don't believe, and the Bible says that when he saw they were sleeping and he said, come on, could you not pray one hour? Let's, let's get going. He went back. The Bible says he repeated his prayer. He went back, prayed the same thing over again, and he was struggling in that prayer, intensifying his prayer. Jesus did not have to struggle and intensify himself to be heard by the Father. He was making up the difference from their lack of praying. He went back and was hammering that point. They had fallen asleep. It was all sitting on his shoulders. So he was offering up that prayer, offering up that praise. He was setting the atmosphere up. And we know that he was successful because in comes Judas with the band, the guards to arrest him. And they said, who's Jesus? Jesus said, I am he. And the atmosphere knocked them over. When he said, I am he, they could not stand in that. It was the same atmosphere that knocked over all the praisers and the worshipers back in Chronicles in, at the dedication of Solomon's temple. God conditions the atmosphere so that he can do great things upon the earth. Can you say amen? amen. Atmosphere is the battleground of environment. We are constantly being engaged in struggles, 
our finances depleted, our bills go up, we're in a financial struggle. We're worrying and we're running around, we're trying to figure out how to do it, how to work things out, or any other kind of struggle that we go through. But the reality is that the environment is controlled by the atmosphere. The real battleground isn't the fighting that you see in the streets. The real battleground is the fighting that you see in the heavenlies. That's where the battle that determines the outcome in the streets is either won or lost. And we see that example with Moses when Aaron and Hur held up his hands when Joshua was in the valley fighting against the enemy. When Moses' hands went down, which was a sign of praise stopping, the enemy began to win. So those two guys, Aaron and Hur, got on either side of him and lifted his hands up. We need to get the praise going again. They lifted up his hands as sign of praise to God, and the battle went the way of God's people. Praise the Lord. If your environment's under attack, then your environment is where the trouble, or excuse me, if your environment's under attack, your atmosphere is where the trouble is. Your atmosphere is where the answer is. Your atmosphere is where the trouble originates, and that's where you need to pay attention. Change your atmosphere before you do anything else if you want to affect your environment. By the way, this is why Satan's called the what? Prince of the power of the atmosphere. He is the prince of the power of the atmosphere. In fact, in this one translation of the Bible, I think it really brings the idea out. It says, <clears throat> you, speaking to the believers, formerly lived according to this world's present path, according to the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the ruler of the spirit that is now energizing the sons of disobedience. That's where we get the phrase, the prince of the power of the air. It says in King James, but in an in a more exact translation, it says the ruler of the kingdom of the air. The ruler of the kingdom of the air. Why has Satan built his kingdom in the atmosphere? Because he knows that controls environment. Whoever controls the conversation in the atmosphere is determining the outcome of struggles in the environment. Note that he uses the phrase, you formerly lived according to this world's present path, the world's going. Think about the present path today. Think about the present path our nation is taking. Our nation has taken a sharp detour into darkness and is, is moved from a shuffle to a run out into darkness and eventually into destruction. We pray that people can be called back and turned around. Where are we going to make the change so that that happens? It has to begin in the atmosphere. It has to begin with the praises of God. The devil is trying to fill you with your eyes with such frustration and offense by looking at what's happening in the environment that it takes the praise out of your mouth. That you stop praising God because you, it takes away from your complaining. So, note that this world's present path is controlled by the kingdom that fills the atmosphere. What kingdom is filling the atmosphere over America? We have kingdoms in conflict. And 
if Christians will return to the power of praise, truly learn what it means to take control of the atmosphere by praising God specifically for those things where struggles are taking place, we could slow the advance of the enemy. We could, listen, there's been no time in the Bible ever where the kingdom of darkness was confronted by the kingdom of light and the kingdom of light lost. It's never happened. It has never happened. Praise always dominates the threats and the lies of the devil. Let me say it again. Praise always overcomes and thoroughly dominates the lies and the threats of Satan. Period, dot, and end of sentence. So why don't we do it? I will bless the Lord. When? On Sunday morning. I will bless the Lord where? Well, in church. But that's not where the trouble is. Your problems aren't happening on Sunday morning from 10 to 11.30. They're out there Monday through Saturday and they're out there where you are traveling and trafficking. I will bless the Lord at all times and His praise will come. And the humble out there, the broken, they will hear and be glad. Let us exalt His name together. Hallelujah. So the world's path is determined by the kingdom that fills its atmosphere. Satan works to rule over culture, education, and politics in order to ensure that the world's atmosphere is dominated with lies and the celebration of sin. Period. Just think about it. That's all he has to do. Control the schools. Control the media. Control popular culture so that out of those sources, control politics, out of those four sources are coming a constant barrage of talking heads that are just repeating like parakeets over and over and over 24 hours a day. Why, in our lifetime, they've even invented 24-hour news cycles so that they could ramp up the bad news. Instead of at 6 or in the afternoon or at 10 at night when the news would be spoken, little, little aperture of news, what's happening the rest of the time? We're listening to whatever we're saying. But the 24-hour news cycle, what's it doing? It is filling the atmosphere with the lies and the celebrations of sin. I mean, think about it. Of all of the recent celeb uh, um, holiday celebrations that have been authorized by our government, how many of them are not celebrations of wickedness? celebrations of corruption, celebrations of vile sexual practice, celebrating, reveling, reveling in darkness. And they make holidays out of them, parade through the streets, teach them to our children in their schools. Satan is doing everything to make sure that the atmosphere of not just our schools, not just our our halls of legislation and government, but our entire world is making sure it's filled, the atmosphere is filled with the lies of the enemy, and he is not going to stop. He is not going to let up. As long as he is the prince of the kingdom of the atmosphere, he is going to 
continue to coax that chorus of darkness from ignorant people who are just all too willing to jump up and say stupid things. And they have no idea. They have no idea the destruction that they're bringing upon themselves. They have no idea. Like rioters burning down their own neighborhoods and destroying their own jobs. They have no idea. They're destroying themselves. They're setting themselves on fire. I don't want to end this on a negative note. I just want you to understand the war that's going on in the atmosphere over our communities, over our nation, over our homes and over our households. It is so important that we learn to live in the atmosphere if we want to have peace in our environment. We are not going to match what I just described going on in our schools, our media, legislative halls. We're not television. We are not going to match that with once a week services led by professional musicians with loud amplifiers and preachers that give 30 minute messages once a week on a Sunday morning. You're not going to put a dent, you're not going to put a dent. You don't, you're, not, you're not even showing up on the battlefield with that kind of strategy. Are you listening to me? That is not fulfilling our obligation to praise the Lord. Psalm 34 laid it out. I will bless the Lord at all times. Hallelujah. His pray, if you want your community to have the blessing of God, then you need to own your community by owning its atmosphere. All of us need to see that. We need to become vessels of praise continuously. And so, um, like I said, you know, we might have, uh, we might have professional praisers <clears throat> on Sunday morning, but, you know, Monday through Friday, Monday through Saturday, we're AWOL on the battlefield. I mean, the, the, the praisers of God are barely even showing up. But I end on this note. First Peter... 2 and 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar, special people, so that you can show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The nation is in you. The nation. You are a peculiar people. You are a royal people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. The salvation of America is in you. Show forth the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You say, well, I just need to know when the time is to praise. Listen, we're way past the time. The devil's way out ahead of us. Way out ahead of us. It's really good that two can put to flight a thousand. And three can put to flight 10,000, right? Praise the Lord. Isn't that great? We have that multiplying factor. How does it work? We praise. Praising multiplies, multiplies, multiplies. Hallelujah. Multiplies the glory of God. Our atmosphere out in our world right now is bustling with the traffic of sin. But God has called us to establish our position as the lights of the world by filling our atmosphere with the praises of his glory. How do you and I become the light of the world? Go out and work harder at being good people? There's nothing wrong with that, but
But you are not changing the environment by doing that. You're not. Our battle is spiritual. God has laid it out from the beginning of time. The spirit realm, the atmosphere, controls the physical world. And if we don't wake up and realize we are called to lift up His praise and His glory, and He will show up. Don't forget the tabernacle. Don't forget the temple. Remember the Philippian jail, wherever you happen to be. That place, God wants to make it a place where His kingdom his blessings show up and rule. All you have to do is take control of the atmosphere. Can you say amen? amen. I, uh, I sent out a text to uh, everybody just before the service. If you want to open your phones, your devices, and um, see if you can find it. It's a little bitty... Uh, it's a thing that opens up by saying, fill the atmosphere with God's praises and be the light of the world. And then there's a number of proclamations underneath it. Glory to God. If you want to get that out, open it up. Now, if you don't have, because some of you have not digitized yourselves yet. So if you don't have that, I've got some analog copies. And Giselle, if you'll raise your hand, if you don't have, a, have that, or you may not be on my, uh, our church text list. If you're not on the church text list, uh, lift up your hand and you can get one. Giselle, if you want to look around, just slip up your hand, make sure you get one. All right. Stand with me. What do you say to the atmosphere? If God has called you to rule the atmosphere, what should you be saying? What should you be declaring into the atmosphere? Um, declaring the truth. Over, overthrowing the darkness. Overthrowing the lies with the declaration of truth. We need to be speaking into the atmosphere every day, all day long, the things that God has said. And I've just put a little, some declarations here for all of us to say good and loud and powerful. And you know, even people that tend to not be real bold, when they realize the authority and the call of God upon their life as praisers of God, and they realize what's at stake, and they realize the battle that they're fighting, They'll get loud. They'll get loud. They'll speak out loud because they realize if you've got the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, you need to put it where it's going to do some work, not just walk around with it at your side, right? You've got to take it out and put it right through the devil's heart. Satan cannot stand truth. He cannot take the praise of God. You begin to praise Jesus, Satan's finished. His work is gone. You've wrecked his plan. Isn't that awesome? Yes. That is awesome. Praise the Lord. So, do all of you have a copy of this? Okay. Let's make this proclamation together. And, and, the, and I think the best way to hit our stride 
And to do that is rather than to say it all together, let me just say a phrase and you repeat after me. How's that? But you got it there so you can read it. All right, we're going to declare this. And before we do, I want you to think for a moment. What, what is Satan doing in your life right now? Where's he trying to mess up your home? Where's he trying to interfere with your family? Where's he messing with your health? Where is he throwing an obstacle, maybe fighting you in your mind or in your emotions or in your body? Where do we see Satan working? Out there in the community where we want to see our ministry succeed. Think about those areas right now and take them and drop them out on the floor in front of you. Put them right on in front of you and prepare to step on them as you declare the word of God. Step on those things and speak the blessings of God. Speak the praise of God over those, with those things in mind. Let's make this proclamation together. Is everybody ready? Lord Jesus, I praise you and lift up your name in this place as I fill the atmosphere with the praises of your glory. Be Lord over this environment. May your word rule and your spirit reign here. May the light of your presence fill this place and drive out all darkness. Father, I declare that you alone are the Most High God and Lord of heaven and earth. King Jesus, the government is on your shoulders to establish your kingdom through our praises. As your ambassador, I declare your decrees to be true and pray that no lie, no deception can succeed in this place. With authority to assert your praises, I deprive the devil of his access and displace all his works. And through the anointing of the Holy Spirit, I occupy this environment in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on and give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. You are Lord Jesus. We praise you. Come on, lift your voice. Jesus is worthy. Thank you, Lord. We celebrate you, Lord. You are worthy, mighty King. King of glory. God among all. You are Lord of life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise you. Praise you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. We worship your mighty name. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Lord, I am so happy with you today. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. And in these closing moments, I said last week, if the presence of God isn't in our service, if the watchman on the 
watchtower don't have opportunity to take their place on the wall to see what the Lord will say so that we can hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches, then it's not church. It's a religious gathering. And so right now, let's hear. I believe God's been speaking, but let's hear. Let's hear what the Lord is saying. If the Lord drops a prayer into your heart, if He drops a prophetic word into your heart, and if He drops a proclamation, a declaration, a scripture to quote, lift up your voice and let's hear what the Lord is saying. Let's hear His word of victory, His word of encouragement, His word of warning, hallelujah, His word that sets straight paths before our feet. Lord, You are our shepherd. Speak to us now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, mighty God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. know that you think that the bond between us is strong because you are holding on to me 
No, but I say I am holding on to you, says the Lord. And that is why we are close. That is the bond. I have my arms around you. Your root is in my hand, says the Lord. And no one can pluck you out. Therefore I say to you, be bold and exercise the gift that I have put in your life. Show forth my glory. Live and shout for joy. And run this race, says the Lord. Be bold and be not afraid. And execute the visions. Act on the plans. Go forth and tell of my great deeds. Because I have a hold on you. And that is why you are in my hand and with me, says the Lord. And because I have a hold of you, what you do prospers. And what you do will succeed. Therefore, I say to you again, go and be bold in me. For I am the one who has a hold of you, says the Lord. And I am working through you, says the Lord your God. 